2019's first episode of I4S Today. Whether we're talking I4S or US GAAP, the new lease accounting standards are now effective for calendar year-end companies. Our latest survey reveals that companies are facing considerable challenges in implementing the requirements of these new standards. Today, I've invited three KPMG colleagues to explore what companies can do to overcome the challenges. First, Dean Bell and Marcus Crayer, who are helping companies with their implementation projects globally, and Brian O'Donovan, who specialises in the accounting requirements. Dean, to start, what would you say are the standout takeaways of this survey? Thanks, James. When we analyze the data to get a clear snapshot of companies just prior to the effective date, I'd say we observe three major themes. The glaring one to me is that many companies simply just aren't ready. Secondly, the challenge of system selection, integration, implementation is proving to be very tough and difficult. And lastly, getting the transition right is crucial. Companies will get there and get their figures out, but we're a long way from sustainable compliance. Okay, thanks, Dean. Now, I'm interested in your first point that a lot of companies just aren't ready. What do you think of this, Marcus? There are some positive results. Most companies have set up a program management team. However, 83% of respondents hadn't completed the data gathering and the validation step, which means that a significant number of companies have actually got their implementation projects up and running yet. Look, it's pretty much a tedious process. I think we all can acknowledge, but it's really important to make sure that we have the information to perform the calculations that are necessary to get the right financial reporting under this new standard. So again, very necessary, but I'm surprised to see where we are at this point. That's right, Dean. It's tedious, but it's not optional. You know, we'd all heard rumors about what was happening in the marketplace, but this survey gives us hard data. And what that hard data tells us is that in the run-up to the effective date, a lot of people had a lot of work still to do. And looking at those numbers, only 3%, 3% of respondents said they'd actually completed implementation. I see. So with so many companies playing catch-up, I guess that explains why the majority of respondents said their expected costs have gone up year on year. Absolutely. Time is running out and companies are having to hire more external resources than they actually planned. I'd encourage those companies that are behind with implementation to assess whether they have the skill sets they need in-house to address the actual real-time challenges. If they don't, consider bringing in some external resources to provide both experience and knowledge of best practices as well. Yes, and from what I'm seeing in the marketplace, companies have to spend more time on new software that they intended to do. Bottom line, the process of bringing operating leases onto the balance sheet is complex and many businesses are just getting grips with the scale of the task. After all, leases are numerous and often geographical dispersed. More than 40% of the companies have more than 500 leases and more than 40% of the respondents also have leases in more than 10 locations. Okay, so that's certainly a lot of leases. And what are the other main obstacles that companies are facing? Well, James, there are a lot of judgments and estimates to make as well. If I think about the question I'm getting the most, it's all about discount rates. 
Specifically, how should a lessee determine its incremental borrowing rate? Our survey shows that barely half of companies believe they can do that themselves internally. Everyone else is having to go outside of the organisation, look for advice and information, or just don't have a way forward yet. Now, and these discount rates, they're so important that the lease liability, the big headline number that's coming on balance sheet, very, very sensitive to discount rate. It's a key judgment. So whatever a company is doing, it needs to be robust, supportable, and to stand up to external scrutiny and to external audit. Brian, I'd say in the Americas, identifying embedded leases seems to be the most common challenge. There's been really concerns around the actual population of lease portfolio, making sure it's accurate. And with embedded leases, companies are really digging into service arrangements to identify if a lease is present. It's quite possible there's no change from the current accounting, but management must really go out and prove it's gone through the exercise to appropriately support compliance. And then let me add, in Europe, companies find it difficult to integrate the lease accounting system into their existing ERP system. With that in mind, any implementation effort need to be sustainable for the long term and not just only a one-off compliance exercise. It makes commercial and strategic sense to make sure that you are ready for the future. Excellent. So that's probably a good segue into the systems challenges. Nearly half of companies said they'd already selected their lease accounting software, yet only a quarter had actually completed their accounting assessment. <laughs> James, that's right. And the figures here imply that some organizations might have jumped too quickly into choosing their software. My advice is to perform a proper due diligence, taking time to really understand the accounting, operational or process gaps so that the system chosen is optimal for the future. Marcus, I would agree with that. The thing I want to make sure everyone's clear about is that implementing an IT system takes a lot of time. So those companies that are behind today have to be realistic and start thinking about a plan B to make sure that any interim plan that they're dealing with today is fit for purpose and gets them aligned for the future as well. And that's crucial, Dean. And on that point, I was concerned that the survey indicated that many companies are planning to rely on spreadsheets and manual solutions on a go-forward basis. And listen, I agree. The manual approach is not ideal. And I tell my classes all the time that you have to think about the fact there's going to be a lot of data coming through. And beyond that, trying to be continually updating your information, do regular assessments to perform these things going forward. My view of it is go ahead and invest the time in an automated system. That to me is time well spent. Absolutely. And in summary, if you haven't implemented a software solution by the effective date, it's not too late. My advice is create an interim plan and keep working towards the long-term solution in parallel. Great. This brings us quite neatly onto Dean's last point around getting a transition right. Brian, the survey tells us that nearly a third of respondents haven't decided their transition method yet. What do you make of this? Well, James, to be honest, I was surprised. You know, the standards, they offer lots and lots of flexibility around transition, and that's great. You, know, you can choose the best way forward for your individual business. But those choices have to be made. They can be complex, but they have to be made. People have to get off the fence and decide which way they're going. 
I was expecting most people to have been there at the date we did the survey, particularly with the pressure to disclose the expected transition approach and the expected impacts in this year's financial statements. Yes, Brian, and I would add that all stakeholders need to be involved. For example, also the C-level executive and the audit committee need to agree to the proposed transition method. They have to understand the impact on the financials and help to obtain budget for the remaining efforts. And your auditors will need to audit the transition adjustments, the new accounting policies and the management assertions, and also test the new systems and the controls. Thanks, Marcus. Now, over to all of you. In a few words, what would be your top tip for our listeners? First, Brian. Well, James, if a company isn't where it hoped to be at this point in time, they should get the project team and the financial reporting guys in a room together to have a tough, honest meeting about exactly what they can and should say in their 2018 annual reports about project status and the expected impact of adoption. And once that's out of the way, they can move on to think about communication more broadly. My top tip would be, I encourage my clients to run certain work streams in parallel. Accounting, systems, business impact, and people. To avoid the scramble at the end of the process. James, for me, it's two words. Sustainable compliance. Whatever you're doing today, whether it's a sticking plaster approach or full implementation, you've got to be ready, not only for today, but also for tomorrow as well. Thanks all. So there's a lot to consider here. You'll be able to find out more about the findings we've discussed today in our Global Lease Accounting Survey. Take a look at the web article page for this podcast. And if you like what you've heard, please subscribe to I4S today on iTunes, Spotify, or any other podcast app. But for now, thank you all very much for taking the time to listen to this edition of I4S today, and look out for our next episode to be released in the coming weeks.